Hey, boom, we're on the protectors, and I have an awesome co-host today, Marcus. What's going on, Marcus? What's happening? What's going on? And it's great, man. You are, uh, you're prepping for a big interview this week, and uh, yep. this is your first big interview with yep. Clint I'm Emerson. Hoping, I'm hoping the guests will be gentle with me. You know what? For now, I'm just going to be quiet, and I'm going to say, ready, Marcus, go. Uh, see now you put me on the spot now i'm frozen i don't know what my lines are i'm very excited to be a part of this but please be gentle with me mr clint emerson clint emerson man welcome to the show brother hey thanks for having me back this would be a good time how you guys been we've been great man we've been great we're uh i've been fine we're out here talking about this book 100 deadly skills combat edition where marcus is in there yeah, I am. As I drink my coffee from a very awesome mug. <laughs> you know, I, I need to all get the plugs. He's the master plugger. Uh, you know, I need to get one of those. I I have my uh, my Dunder Mifflin mug over here with my pens and stuff. I'll have to get one of those Violet Nomad type mugs. Yeah, I get you one. Awesome, man. Clint, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Uh, and it's funny because you know I pinged you on on the gram about the spy museum and Marcus might be coming up this way and heading over oh, to the yeah. spy museum. And that kind of brings us up to the topic, you know, the, the spy world, the gray man world, you know, unlike bond where you're trying to stick out like a, a big sore thumb and, <laughs> yeah. and hanging with all the ladies in the gray man world in this spy world in this realm, you kind of want to sit around and see what's going on around you and not be the guy, you know, coming from that seal background coming from like, you know, you're the operator type and you know, you go and you do, and you're the action blending into that gray world. How did that, how was that for you? And what has that taught you over the past decade plus man? Um, it, well, being gray wasn't something that came natural uh, to the community. Obviously most guys dress and act in a manner that basically says, look at me, but don't you fucking look at me but look at me anyway, but don't you fucking look at me, right? So you had to take guys from that to, all right, I need you to put on a calculator watch, penny loafers, some khakis, tuck your shirt in, and just look like a dork for a little while. Um, because the reality is, is even that intimidating look, uh, it stands out big time, right? I mean, when you're sitting at an international airport terminal, it's probably the best time to just watch people from all over the world and you'll notice the ones you notice. And then you'll also notice the ones that skirted in the background. Then you ask yourself why. Right. And, um, and so when I initially went into the special activities world, uh, there was no formal training. There was nothing out there that told you uh, how to be gray. And so I started taking notes and everything from my deployments and past uh, and trips that I was going on and putting them together so that I could break out a curriculum uh, to teach guys. Um, And so it really was broken down into four pieces and I just called it total awareness, right? So it was personal awareness. That means, you know, look at yourself in the mirror before you walk out the door, Um, make sure what you're wearing 
uh, is neutral colors, doesn't have any big logos, doesn't stand out. Um, you want to make sure that it's appropriate for the environment you're in. Meaning if you're in Africa, it's hot as fuck outside, you're not going to wear shorts. No one wears shorts, right? So even though you might think it's okay to wear shorts, the minute you walk outside with your legs exposed, people are going to look at you like you got a dick growing out of your forehead. So it was, you know, little things to big things that some of it's just common sense. Some of it is based on the next piece of total awareness. So once you got personal awareness, what you can wear and what you can't wear figured out, then it leads to cultural awareness. Cultural awareness is what drives the train the do's and don'ts for the geographical location you're in. Um, you know, there's great scenes out of a bunch of movies, but the one that uh, comes to mind is, uh, what is it? Uh, Inglorious Bastards? Is it- oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, it's, it's a group of uh, basically soldiers, uh, mostly Jewish, right? All, no, just one of them. What's his name? The one with the stick? The the Jew bear, the one who sits Jew bear, there. Yeah, the Jew bear. <laughs> um, but some of the some of the if you remember later in this in the movie, um, you know, he he uses a gesture of uh, uh hi, think, yeah, it's hi, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh only Americans do that. You know, right. Europeans will do this, right? Use their yeah. thumb as one. Yeah. Um so or it could be, you know, the Jedburgh teams of World War II, where you had a Brit, a Frenchman, an American jumping in behind enemy lines and uh, taking care of business. And, you know, it was really the Frenchman's job was to make sure the Brit and the American didn't stand out, right? Because they're putting on civilian clothes and they're blending into Nazi-occupied villages and doing sabotage and all kinds of fun stuff. So with them, it was like, hey, you got to know, like the Brits, they put their milk in, then their tea on top. You know, and then you've got in Europe, they, they do the tea and then add the milk. And if you do it out of order and somebody notices, it's, it's a tell. So your cultural awareness is all about making sure you're doing what's right for the area that you're in. Um, and then you've got third party awareness, which is really, you know, knowing and, and basically embracing the fact that anybody can scrutinize you and pass judgment on you just by looking at you. They don't even need to know who you are. They don't ever need to meet you. They know nothing about you, but yet they do it. We all do it, right? We see someone and we immediately start thinking, oh yeah, oh, he's got a violent nomad shirt on. He must mm-hmm. think he's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> so, and then, and then you've got the final piece, um, you know, so personal awareness, cultural awareness, third party, those all are, kind of bound together. And then you have situational awareness, which is, you know, really just paying attention to what's around you. It gets overused a lot. Most people don't do it, but the reality is if you're trying to pay attention to everything, then you'll end up paying attention to nothing. Nothing. And so you got to really know what to look for in your environment before you walk out the door, which takes area knowledge and, you know, a little bit of threat studies and, you know, um, some other things, but the four of those things combined is what really allows you to be gray. Uh, because it's forcing you to actually understand where you're going and what you're going to be doing before you even get there. And if you do that, then your mannerisms, your demeanor, your projection and demeanor management and how you dress yourself and then how you act and how you walk and everything else that follows um, is what allows you to truly blend in. And, uh, you know, like they say, when in Rome um, and, 
when in Rome only works if you match that environment, right? You, you, yeah. When in Rome doesn't work if you're a white guy in a brown or black country and you try to do what brown and black people do, then obviously you're going to look like an idiot. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a give and take situation with, uh, with uh, that whole win in Rome uh, philosophy. It's like you, you kind of have to deprogram, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm damn near 50 years old, 20 uh, something of that spent, um, you know, geez, almost 28 of it. If you count the military and everything else spent within law enforcement and the military, I'm kind of, you know, because I've been at this headquarters level for a while, I can kind of blend in if I'm not, you know, around DC and everything, you can kind of tell who the cops are. I always play that spot, the air marshal, whenever I go on the, the, uh, the airplanes and everything yeah. or, or spot the fed. Um, yeah. cause they got the thin blue line stickers everywhere when the feds are flying and all that, but yeah, you kind of have to deprogram and you right. kind of have to know when to step in. A lot of people can go gray. They can get gray, but then the first sign of some sort of action, whether that's you or another uh, innocent third party or something, they catapult into action like they're Superman. And that's the other thing is kind of taking that step back and raising awareness. And that's where one thing I wanted to talk about too, was having that awareness, how to spot that predator. Marcus has been doing this and Marcus, please provide input while we're doing this for a while. Well, the, like listening to you guys, I, I you've got to remember that I'm just I'm a civilian, right? And I've always and, been a civilian. But that's perfect. So everything Marcus. I hear is is from a civilian standpoint. And traveling around the world, the the one thing that gets you whacked every single time is being a white face in that country with fucking tap out shirts or or whatever, whatever. It's it's stuff that those the locals can't afford. You know what I mean? And about jumping in, I mean overseas. Whenever anything, it shit, even locally, something happens, I take a step back because uh, I'm not getting videotaped smacking some guy uh, and going to jail just because I happen to be in the right area. So I find it interesting just listening to you guys talk about it from kind of like a higher level. You know what I mean? It's interesting. I like yeah. that civilian aspect, though. And uh, now, Clint, your your books, and that's one thing I do like about your books, and I'm not over here. I will promote your books all day long. So I, I, I dig them because, because they could also be used in a civilian market. I hate everybody that says, you know, I have a thin blue line uh, behind me. There's thin green lines, thin green light, red lines and everything us against them, blah, blah, blah. But really um, it's, it's moot nowadays. A lot of the people within this community are branching out to the civilian market to the civilians because civilians want to be protectors too. civilians want to protect their family and protect themselves. So that is one thing about your books, you know, all of them kind of have something good. And I do have the survival edition too, because even myself, when all this shit started going down with COVID, when was the last time I went camping or did anything? So let's talk about how, how you've been embraced by civilians as well. And, and Marcus is, can also jump in there too, as a civilian. Yeah, I think so far it's been good. You know, there are some crappy reviews on Amazon. <laughs> they're they're entertaining to say the least. But um, but for the most part, I think translating some of that military experience to the civilian sector has been received really well. I think people dig it. They love it. It's the information is cool, but it's also entertainment, right? And that's the goal of anything we do these days is. If, informative is not good enough. It also has to be entertaining. 
And uh, so boring gets nowhere. And so the illustrations and now with combat edition, having that, uh, you know, video capability uh, per skill certainly allows people to get information and learn something uh, in, in like the easiest format possible, right? Video. It's like, it's, it's a no brainer. And then it's backed up by the illustrations and the narratives so that it's a, it's a full immersion kind of experience. Um, and so they dig it. I mean, um, I get people literally emails every day, you know, when are you gonna do the college version? When are you gonna do the one for just mm-hmm. women? When are you gonna do the one for kids? And so I'm like, yeah, I got a whole list of Hunter Dilly skill books. Trust me, <laughs> it's like, it's coming. So, uh, you know, the goal is maybe every year and a half, you know, put out a put out a Hunter Dilly skills, but I don't just put them out to put them out. I put them out making sure they're quality uh, and they uh, and they fit into society properly. Um, and then also you got to make sure you're doing it in a way that, you know, pushes, you know, these skills for good, not evil, uh, which is, you know, I think I wrote inside your or something like that, but, um, you know, that's, that's at the end of the day, that's what a hundred deadly skills is for. If you don't know the skills, then you could end up dead. Uh, so a hundred deadly skills will keep you out of a bad situation. Uh, Clint, I'm going to stop you right there. Dead. It's it's final. I wish people would understand that. Like when you jump in, you interject, you become when you take that step, that furtive gesture to either help out or something else, it's always going to be potential that you're going to have to someone take someone's life and someone could take your life. A lot of people never, you know, some people are still in that Hollywood mentality, but we've seen it time and time again at boom. And, uh, you know, just I walked. Sorry to cut you off, but I walked last. No, go ahead, man. And all of a sudden I'm 20 feet ahead and these it's a, it, I guess everybody's just having a good time, you know, celebrating and, and, and barbecuing and no word of a lie. As I'm walking closer, some broad hits another broad over a, a ice cooler and then they start throwing hands and then it's, they get up and it's Latino women. So there's hair pulling and stroking like they're in the NHL and I'm walking up and you can, I hear this guy like, Oh, here we go. Uh, you're going to call the cops. I'm like, man, I'm getting my hands are up. I'm like, I don't want to be anywhere near this fucking uh, typhoon of violence right now because I'm going to get sucker punched by somebody who's grabbing somebody's hair and then all bets are off. So when we start talking about, you know, being a protector and all the sheepdog and all these things, man, it comes with a cost. So you better know what you're doing before you decide to dive in. And to interject a little bit about the books that that Clint has done, especially this one, not everybody learns by reading, not everybody learns by audible, you know, like there's tactile people and these, this book specifically, which I kind of hope he does with the rest of them, subtle hint, um, is the fact that there's people who are getting more out of this book because they can learn at the level or, or the way that they learn gets impacted because it's literally every, almost every single, it is every single way of learning possible on this edition. And if, if there was a way to do like magically go back and do the, I don't know how you would dispose of a body in a video, but it would be an interesting video. Nonetheless. Um, yeah, I think that that's where these books separate from others because I personally, I I've got a ton of books and they're all words, man, I need pictures and I need video. Because reading, it's going to go over my head. And I'm not alone on that. So yeah. I hope you uh, consider doing that again in the next volumes. 
I will. I almost kind of have to now. So it's yeah. uh yeah, it's a must. Yeah. The next one is going to be pretty cool. But um, yeah, you hit a good point is that like combining modern technology with the traditional book world is, is a must. And believe it or not, most publishers still aren't on board with it. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, they are so stuck in like the old school way of publishing that as soon as you say, Hey, I want to put emojis instead <laughs> of periods and exclamation marks. They're like, no, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you have no idea how well that would go. I wanted emojis everywhere. Big middle fingers, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of uh, eggplant here and there, you know, just to, just so it speaks to the millennials, but they wouldn't let me do that. So I got away with QR codes instead, but, uh, you know, but this takes me back to like, you know, and I love throwing my age out there sometimes. Actually, yeah, we're kind of old, old some of us here. Shut but, up, I'm 52. But, <laughs> but you remember like back in the day, if you wanted to know karate and you didn't want to go to school, you had to pick up a book and it was like pictures and diagrams. and Yeah, they were cheesy. Yeah. yeah, very cheesy. But this is cutting edge. And I'm looking at it now. And the people, so the, for the reader out there and for the video and everything else you can get at the 100, the combat skills edition. Um, you have a laundry list of people in here from, you know, Tony Blauer to Marcus. Zoltan, Joe Rob- Robani, Robani, Trevor Rowe, Rich Graham, a bunch of people that are like, you know, Pat McNamara, Dom Rasso, like a Bill Rapier. And uh, it's just, it's cool because they're kicking ass of, like you said, the entertainment value. And that's where Marcus came in with kicking Hitler's ass with Krav Maga. Yeah. My, and, my uh, claim to fame for the rest of my life. I make that statement. I'm not lying about it at all. I can retire right now. I am done professionally. I don't need to go any further. Yeah. I mean, that you bring up a good point, man. This book was, you know, I knew that number one, I, I realized, I don't remember what, what I was doing. I was promoting something for someone else. And I realized I enjoyed promoting someone else more than I in, enjoy promoting myself. And so, um, I decided to shift gears because, yeah, could I have put together a hundred skills and made it just like the others and it just be Clint telling you? Sure. But um, it's a hell of a lot better when you've got experts in certain uh, fighting industries, you know, whether it's knife, pistol, rifle, sniper rifle, or you've got, you know, a former one percenter motorcycle club guy you know, telling you how to beat skulls in while there's somebody's trying to pee at a urinal. Um, so, I mean, it's, I wanted this, I wanted to open the aperture on badasses uh, and then collect those skills. All of them are very basic, by the way. But what's interesting is if you take a hundred deadly skills, it is a fighting system. That book is a fighting system. The order mm-hmm. in which I put everything in there um, was thoughtful. Uh, most of it, it starts with non-lethal and takes you all the way to lethal. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's certain aspects when you have like a Pat McNamara, for example, that kind of in the middle of the book, he's, you know, he's obviously going to guns towards the end of his skills. But for the most part, um, the book goes in a very methodical method, starting with Tony Blower for a reason, because Tony's stuff is is the bridge to all of the other moves. And, you know, that is Tony's thing is the spear system and, you know, stopping with the startle flinch 
weaponizing the startle flinch so that you can stop the ambush, weather the ambush, and then now you can start delivering the rest of the guy's skills, whether it's Marcus's, you know, just simple palm strikes to the face or a sidekick, uh, all the way to somebody like Monty LeClaire, where you need to grab your sniper rifle and uh, serve some justice to somebody because, uh, well, who knows, you know, maybe you live in a different country. But uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe the justice system here in America didn't, uh, you know, serve you properly. But, um, yeah, it, man, all the guys in that book are, are awesome and good, solid people. And uh, now I just hope that, you know, they benefit from it um, over and over and over again. That's for sure. Well, I can't speak for the others, but I am cashing in large on it for nothing more than just, well, one, Tom's drawings, first and foremost. Um, but uh, a gift coming for you. Just taking uh, a while. That's all right. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but I think that there's something that uh, regarding the book that a lot of people, I think that they, what I hope new people will understand is you don't have to be you know, Bruce Lee or Billy Jack for those old timers. Um, you know, you don't have to be some kind of fucking violent person. The idea is for you, the the neophyte, the brand new person who doesn't know anything to be able to pick this up and go, all right, well, obviously snipers is not my thing. I'm interested, but good. Oh shit. I know how to protect myself in a bathroom. I know how to uh, learn the, the, the uh, to deal with this flinch. That's naturally. It's so user-friendly and I've got guys who are like guys I've taught overseas who are looking at the videos going, holy fuck, this is brilliant. And these are trained people. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm excited that the book, it'll probably be like an avalanche, you know, it'll take a little while because everyone's a chicken shit. Oh, I don't need the book. And all of a sudden it'll start picking up things. I'll be starting to get it for gifts, Christmas, men's uh, father's days, et cetera. And then it'll just catch like wildfire. I, I honestly predict that. And if not, well, it's Fuck, it's like that surprised. book, Gift of Fear. I mean, that thing took off after a while, and it kind of got you thinking about, hmm, what's going on around me? And and that took a while to to ping off, and that that really catered to the the moms and pops out there. But the thing is, people need knowledge now. It's the the gone are the days of I could go down to D.C. and not expect to get punched in the back of the head. Uh, my wife, FBI, one of her uh, clerks was coming in for the day, came out of the metro right by the FBI office, and a guy beams in my back of the head with a pipe and steals his wallet and iPhone right next to the FBI building. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't, it can happen literally anywhere. And it can happen rural areas. Anywhere you're, where you step out and you don't fit in and you look like prey, the thing is, when, when I talk about the gray man, it's also having that aura that don't fuck with me, leave me alone. Yeah. I'm just here to do my thing. But if you do fuck with me, it's going to be violence of action and you will be destroyed. How do you have that aura in the gray world? I want to hear that from both of your guys perspective. Cause both of you guys have that knowledge. Go ahead, yeah. I mean, where you are in the environment is everything. I, I, I agree. You know, I, you know, I've, I've coined the phrase, you know, what used to be the wrong time at the wrong place is now anytime, any place. So um, you have to take that into consideration, no matter where you're standing, you know, on this planet um, now blending in, but also looking confident 
uh, and like you can handle yourself is it's a bad, that's a balancing act, right? So ideally you're dressed in a manner that allows you to just float by in the background. Um, but if someone were really pay attention, they'd see, all right, uh, it probably, he's not out of shape. Looks like he's somewhat in shape because you've heard me say it, or I say it all the time, that human performance ultimately is what saves your life at the end of the day. Meaning if you're not putting in the time in the gym or doing something as simple as, you know, that violent nomad workout, push, pull, rotate, sprint, push, pull, rotate, sprint, do five sets until you're dead, right? That's going to get you out of trouble um, in most cases, right? And we're talking crisis as a whole, whether it's natural disaster or man versus man or whatever it is that comes around the corner. So, um, but trying to blend in, but also exude a certain amount of confidence that tells people not to mess with you. Uh, you know, they kind of are yin and yang, you know, it's kind of like an oxymoron, but, um, I can say that when I was traveling abroad and business casual, which is a great start point, right? Um, it's better to be dressed up than dressed down. Uh, sometimes, you know, depending on where you're at, that could suggest, well, maybe that guy's got money. Um, but if you do it right, it doesn't say anything. And that's really the goal. You just don't want to be targeted, but you still want to be um, enough of a, look like enough of a problem that people go, never mind, I don't want to mess with him. So that, that goes back to your gait. You know, that's, that's that projection demeanor management piece where how you walk, you know, when you stop, are you stopping in the middle of the walkway or are you kind of turning slightly so your back is against the wall? You know, you're doing things that if someone's studying you, they go, you know what, that guy's paying attention and he knows what he's doing with everything he's, with every move he makes. He's not on his cell phone. He's not distracted. He doesn't have earbuds in. I mean, the list goes on and on. We've all heard it, but, um, so yeah, I would say you dress it down to neutral um, and then make sure that you're still doing all the right things that keep your, uh, keeps your six in check. Damn. Well, and I mean, and the only thing that I, I, I'd like to just add to that from a, uh, just like this, like a normal guy walking down the street is, and it kind of is counter kind of like opposites, as you said, is looking at people in the eye when when you're around them, you know, the, the biggest thing that, that we've were lied to is don't look somebody in the eyes because they might get angrier. But if you look at them and at least let them know that you're, that you've acknowledged them, that takes away their surprise factor a hundred percent. Now, does that change being a great person? I, I really couldn't say with a clear conscience because even when I travel, I'm already standing out as a white face in Latin countries. So I just take a look at them just to let them know, hey, man, I, I see you. Now, now, I'm not buffing up. I'm not doing anything stupid. But, you know, you're not going to sucker punch me to the best of my ability. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good rule of thumb. You know, some cultures, you know, that whole eye contact thing, you got to, you know, the deal. It's right. like, like, like right. I said, as long as you know what, what's okay and what isn't, you'll be good to go. You know, I always tell people, even at a red light, how often do you look at that car next to you? You know, yeah. yeah. most people just yeah. keep their head for it. I notice now and I look at everybody around me, they don't even know that I'm looking at them. Or, or they're on the phone. 
Yeah, they're on yeah, their the phones. Phone, so it's okay to look at people, you know, just know though that they're, you know, sometimes in certain environments, you know, people get offended or they use that as a, as a reason as a to start point. Right. Yeah. You, well, know, you, you, you looking at me, you yeah. know, the cultural geography thing too is, uh, and then also having these things, these, these cell phones before back in the day, two, 300 bucks, you know, last year, whatever, some of these things are like a grand they're in your hand. Someone's going to yeah. want to take that. Um, hey, and if you're no focused word of a, on this, no word of a lie. I taught in Columbia and, uh, and a kid came to the seminar and he was kind of disgruntled and all. And he had a little bit of a, like a bruise under his face. I said, what's going on? He goes, I just got mugged for my phone. Every kid has a burner phone backup because they get jacked on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. I was kind of caught off. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Sure enough, man, mopeds, two people on it, hop off, take the thing, punch you in the face, put a gun in your face and, and take the phone. Like, yeah. Just and that's where culturally, right? You need to sit there and be aware. If you're somewhere and you see two people on a moped, which you see everywhere mm-hmm. in Latin America, I'm sure other places as well. You know, you're <laughs> be prepared that somebody's going to hop off and try to jack you. And what are you going to do? You're a foreigner, man. What are you going to sit there and and fight them? No, you go and you read a hundred deadly skills on where you can put your <laughs> shit. <laughs> so that when they take their fake wallet and bullshit, yeah, exactly, good to go. Yeah, yeah. Apple picking has been uh, been pretty popular for the past decade. You know, that's uh, that. I mean, it's so much so that there's a name for it called apple picking, and apple so picking. they uh, they target Apple products, whether it's iPads, iPhones, or even your laptops. And so, what I say is, use a case that disguises it. You know, makes it difficult for them from afar to determine what kind of phone it is because they're not stealing androids like that. They're stealing apples. So make it look like an android. You know, that's one way to deter them. You know, uh, the other thing, too, is we're talking about cultural geography, you know, pre-mission planning. Now. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I, you know, I typically carry a P365, carry my creds, carry a couple other things. I'm going to the grocery store. But if I'm going to be tripping out to a different area, a different city or something, I may want to know where those bad areas are. Because, hey, you know what? One thing about these apples is everybody's using like Waze and everything else. And Waze will get you from point A to point B quick. And sometimes point A to point B takes you through some really shitty areas. Yeah. Yep. It's not like we used to look at the old map. <laughs> I got to stop doing his old shit, people shit. But, you know, ways, man, cultural geography, knowing what you're getting yourself into. Pre-mission planning. How important is that to both of you guys? You're stepping out and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to the grocery store today. But Or like Clint, you've been traveling all over the country, man. Do you have something that are you planning before you go? Yeah, I do. Um, it's kind of ingrained. So, you know, first is area knowledge, right? So you, you know, the routes and how you're getting somewhere, and then, you know, the area in which you're going. Um, you know, if you're someone who sets up an itinerary and then just waits till that day, like most people, you know, okay, check in for my flight. Yep. I got my rental car sorted. And then that's it. That's, that's the extent of their, you know, uh, mission prep. Um, and then they, if they find themselves in trouble, they're just banging their head against the wall. Like, oh, why didn't I just take some time to do some quick research? Because a lot of times you can take the city and then take the acronym, 
T-H-R-E-A-T, and you write it vertically on a piece of paper, right? That spells out threat. So then you take the city name that you're going. You type, let's say it's Dallas, where I live. You Dallas, and the first T is technical threats. So you type that in and boom, you'll get, and I, what I do is say, go to, to click on the news option, right? At the top of Google. That way you're getting vetted information on the tech threats that exist in Dallas before you go. And then you do the same for everything else. It takes five minutes. You give yourself a real quick threat report. H is health threats, right? It's going to say COVID for every major metropolitan area right now. Um, but you got to dig a little and you'll see some other stuff that might be pertinent. Um, and then R is rage, robbery, and ransom. So any of your violent crimes, you just plug that in. E is environmental threats, right? If you're going, uh, you know, you're going to California, it's due an earthquake. It's uh, It's been due an earthquake for quite some time. So maybe you should know what to do. Um, active shooters on the rise, obviously that falls into rage, robbery, and ransom. And then you've got A, agency uh, agencies working against you. Now this one's big for foreign travel um, because most people, it's the invisible threat, right? Um, foreign intel, law enforcement, all these people working against you. You don't see them in the background, but they're there. Um, you just need to be aware of the tips and crap they do. And then, of course, the last one, and it's not going anywhere, and that's terrorism. So you put in the city, you put in terrorism. Um, and who would have thought, you know, that these days after the Capitol event that you'd have, you know, all the domestic terrorism raising its ugly head again, uh, you know, when we're so used to terrorists being <laughs> from foreign lands. Um, but it's all there now, now that it's all very Googleable. Uh, and so that's a real quick threat report you can do before you travel, it makes it easy. As far as routes, you just got to study your route. I mean, you know, if you're sticking to the major, major highways and, um, and all that, then you're probably going to be okay. But if, yeah, if you're using an app that cuts you through questionable areas, well, then that's when you got to, you know, take on the rest of your awareness skills uh, real time and make sure you got your head out of the cockpit and paying attention. Right. The laws in each What are you talking about, Marcus? Well, so the only thing that I would add to Clint's thing is uh, to know the laws of each state that you're <laughs> going to go to. And if you're really not sure about what the laws are in each state, just go to Clint's profile and watch the videos of him while he was traveling for this, uh, for the book about all the stupid laws, because you never know when you might need one. Right. That's right. Man. There are some <laughs> dumb laws out there. Well, Arizona Clint. though, where you were is one of my favorites, you know, yeah. yes. the woman is not allowed to have two, more than two dildos. I thought that was an Listen. interesting law. And you can't sell fake cocaine. No yeah. fake cocaine sales. I mean, who would have thought um, you could break that out separately? <laughs> That's good to know. Uh, I was going to get political there and talk about Parmesan and smoking Parmesan, but we'll, we'll leave that for another one. <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody keep knows it clean. Keep it clean. Kind of Clint, clean. the book is 100 Deadly Skills Combat Edition. Yes. And it does have my, my good friend and co-host Marcus in there and a bunch of other people that have been on the show and it's a very, man, I, I do this all the time, but it's truthfully, it's a really great book, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's yeah, it is. entertaining. That's the fun thing about it. And informative. Perfect. Yep, that's the goal. Make sure everybody has a little bit of deadly in them. You have to. This special episode brought to you by Big Tech's Ordinance, bigtechsordinance.com. What I love about Big Tech's Ordinance 
is they have live inventory. Meaning if I want a product and I look on their website and it says it's there, it's there. And most likely if I order it that day, it will ship that day. If you're looking for parts for a Glock, you want to upgrade your Glock, you want to build a Glock, head over there. You want to upgrade a, an AR-15, go there. You want to buy a brand new AR-15 top of the line, go there. Big Tech's ordinance, incredible inventory, anything from, like I said, Glock, the Trigicon, the Surefire. And the inventory is live. If it says out of stock, it's out of stock. But guess what? If it's in stock, it's there and you could order it. Their customer service is beyond reproach. I've called them. I need anything. They're on it. So check out bigtexordinance.com.